They're getting the stream down so we can uh, follow along. I'll remind you today that I'm going to be putting up a lot of the scripture. So I'm going to give you a lot of Proverbs today. And if you want to follow along your Bible, that's fine. But you can also look up on the screen and um, you'll be able to write down the references so you can follow. But I want to talk to you today about a four-letter word that some people hate. A four-letter word that some people hate. And it is the word work. Some people hate to use the word work. Someone has said that menial work brings out the disposition of people. They said some people roll up their sleeves, some turn up their noses, while most don't even turn up at all. (laughs) But what about you? What comes to mind when you think about this idea of work? Maybe you're groaning on the inside as you think about going to work tomorrow. Maybe you're giddy. I don't know. Uh, Maybe you're just indifferent to the whole thing. You know it's a have to in life. You have to go to work. You have to work, so you just deal with it. But whatever your disposition of work is, we're going to talk about it today from the book of Proverbs. Now, work means different things to different folks. Uh, What I mean is this. uh, There are all types of work. It may mean nine to five. It may involve a desk, a tractor, a rake, a report, a pulpit. Uh, Depending on your age or stage of life, uh, your work might revolve around school and chores or it might revolve around geraniums and crafting. Uh, Regardless of where you are in your life, whether you're officially employed somewhere or not, uh, life is full of work. And though we may forget it at times, believe it or not, beloved, that is a blessing. It's a blessing that life has work in it. Look at Proverbs fourteen twenty three. The Bible says in all labor, there is profit, but idle chatter leads only to poverty. And so you remember, I hope that work was given before the fall of man. When Adam was created, Adam and Eve were put into the garden to dress and keep the garden. Now, work became much harder after the fall as uh, the sweat of your brow and thorns and thistles and and wasps and all those things uh, began to enter the picture. But uh, it's a blessing. It was given before the fall. And the Proverbs has a lot to say about this thing called work that takes so much of our time and thus takes much of our life. And as I studied this past week, I found a lot of wisdom for your work. And I want to share this uh, as we think about our work lives together. Now, Proverbs, it seems, draws a distinction between two different types of people. Uh, There's the lazy man, or in your translation, it may be called the sluggard. So you have the Bible talks about in Proverbs, the lazy man or the sluggard. And then you have the hardworking person, the hardworking man, uh, the one who is diligent. Uh, We see an example of the difference in Proverbs 13, 4. Notice it says there, the soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. So there's a distinction there between the lazy person and the diligent person or the lazy person and the hardworking person. And so since Proverbs draws a distinction between the two, I thought we'd do the same thing this morning. We're going to spend some time, first of all, with the lazy man. And then we're going to spend some time with the diligent man or the lazy person and the diligent person. And you're going to see their differences are very stark uh, as we study together. But first of all, let's spend some time with the lazy man, the slothful or the sluggard. And as I studied the book of Proverbs, I jotted down five main things 
that describe the lazy person or the lazy man in the book of Proverbs, as Proverbs describes him. And first of all, we learn the lazy man, he won't work. He won't work. It's not that he can't work. It's not that he's unable to work. It's just he has an aversion for this thing called work. Notice Proverbs 21, 25. The desire of the lazy man kills him. It kills him for his hands. Notice it. Refuse to labor. You ever met anybody like that? Now, don't answer out loud. Don't look around. You ever met anybody like that? They refuse to labor. They will not labor. They're a lazy person. In fact, this person in Proverbs, the lazy man, is so lazy, he goes hunting for some food. You know, they couldn't go down to food line like we can. He goes hunting for some food and he kills one. But notice what it says about it. Proverbs 12, 27. The lazy man does not roast what he took in hunting. He doesn't even he doesn't even cook what uh, what he uh, what he uh, got there. In fact, when it comes to food, this man is so lazy. Notice Proverbs nineteen twenty four. A lazy man buries his hand in the bowl and will not so much as bring it to his mouth again. Again, Proverbs twenty six fifteen. The lazy man buries his hand in the bowl. It, it, it wearies him to bring it back to his mouth. You talk about lazy. Now, how lazy is that? I, I'm so lazy. I can't even bring my hand from the bowl. To my mouth. That's the lazy man. That's the sluggard here in in the book of Proverbs. And so the lazy man, uh, he won't work. He just won't work. I I mean, it tires him. Even if he goes hunting, he he kills something. He can't even roast and cook what he ate. And if he does get it cooked, he's so lazy, he can't even bring it from his bowl to his mouth. But because he won't work, he's also full of excuses. He's full of excuses. In fact, he thinks he's pretty smart. You ever met a lazy person who thinks they're smart? Don't answer out loud. Don't don't look around. Look at what the Bible says about it. Proverbs twenty six sixteen. The lazy man is wiser in his own eyes. Now notice that in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. I mean, he's just full of excuses. And instead of working, he comes up with excuses of why he's not working. He spends his time making up excuses. One of his excuses is, is, is it's too cold. It's too cold. Look at Proverbs twenty four. Proverbs 20, verse 4. The lazy man will not plow because of winter. He will beg during harvest and have nothing. In other words, the harvest is over. The temperatures are dropping. It's time to prepare the fields again. But he says it's too cold. It's just too cold. I'm not going to go out there and I'm not going to plow my fields because it's too cold. And then not only is he too cold, he's also afraid. He says, oh, I'm afraid. Why? Notice what it says in Proverbs 22, 13. The lazy man says, there's a lion outside. I shall be slain in the streets. Notice Proverbs 26, 13. The lazy man says he likes this excuse. There's a lion in the road, a fierce lion in the streets. Now, it's possible in that day, in that time, in that age, there could have been a lion out in the road, but it was highly unlikely. But he's looking for excuses, whether they're good excuses or bad excuses. And I say something to you, beloved. If you're looking for excuses, you can find plenty of excuses. In fact, you can make up excuses. But as someone has noted, and I've never forgotten when I first read this, but somebody's noted this. And I want you to notice what they said. Excuses are the nails used to build a house of failure. Excuses are the nails used to build a house of failure. And so you have people, they make excuses, excuses. I'm too 
It's too cold outside. I'm afraid. I can't do this. I can't do that. Because of this. Because what they should be saying is this. I'm too lazy. I'm too lazy to do that. And the lazy man, the sluggard, the slothful man, he is lazy. He won't work. He's full of excuses. But he's also busy. You know what he's busy doing besides making excuses? He's busy sleeping. He's busy sleeping. Now, allow allow me to say something this morning. There's nothing wrong with sleeping. Sleep is a wonderful gift from God. In fact, some of you are exercising that gift right now. You're sleeping and you're enjoying it. Sleeping is absolutely necessary to health and life. In fact, we could preach a sermon, I think, on how we can dishonor God by not sleeping enough. You know, we strive in our own flesh and we try to do things because God has given us sleep and rest and all that. But that was not the lazy man's problem. The lazy man's problem is he's sleeping too much. He's busy sleeping. Look at Proverbs 19.15. Laziness casts one into a deep sleep and an idle person will suffer hunger. Uh, Notice Proverbs 26.14. As a door turns on its hinges, so does the lazy man on his bed. Uh, the lazy person's coming. Kind of like, you never go to the gas station and, the, and you go to the hot dog thing. I was at the ballpark tonight. The hot, you know, the hot dog cooker that rolls the hot dogs and rolls and rolls. That's like a lazy man or a lazy person on their bed. Just rolling over, rolling over, rolling over, rolling over, rolling over. As a door on its hinges turns. So the lazy man does upon his bed. Not that it's wrong to sleep, but it's all, that's what he wants to do. Is just sleep, sleep, sleep. And wisdom in Proverbs cries out to this man. Cries out to the lazy person. And look at what it says to him. How long, Proverbs 6, uh, 9 through 11. How long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall your poverty come on you like a prowler and your need like an armed man. Wisdom says, get up! But he sleeps on. The lazy person, he won't work. He's full of excuses. He's busy sleeping. And you know what else about him? He's a horrible employee. Horrible employee. This is the man no one wants to hire. This is the person no one wants to hire and no one wants to work with. You don't want this person for a co-worker. In fact, Proverbs says in Proverbs 10, 26, look at the way New Living Translation puts it. Lazy people irritate their employers like vinegar to the teeth or smoke in the eyes. In other words, dealing with a a lazy worker is kind of like drinking vinegar while having smoke blown in your eyes. Isn't that a pleasant thing? That's what it's like. Not pleasant. And that's the way a lazy person is. They won't work. They're full of excuses. They're busy sleeping. They're a horrible employee. And sad to say, just like everybody, they end up reaping what they sow. The lazy man reaps what he sows. You see, laziness has consequences. Not working has consequences. Uh, You've got your Bible there. Let's turn to this one. Proverbs 24. Proverbs 24. We're going to take a walk by the lazy man's uh, place and see what it looks like. Now, remember, he won't work. He's full of excuses. He's busy sleeping. He's a horrible employee. And he's going to reap what he sows. Proverbs 24, if you'll find verse 30, please. Proverbs 24, verse 30. Proverbs 24, verse 30 says, I went by the field of the lazy man. So we're going to take a walk today. We're going to walk by the field of the lazy man. 
and by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding. And there it was all overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with nettles. Its stone wall was broken down. When I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. So shall your poverty come like a prowler and your need like an armed man. You see, the lazy person here, beloved, has reaped what he's sown. All his laziness has led him to poverty, has led him to this terrible condition. In fact, Proverbs 18, verse 9 says a lazy person is as bad as someone who destroys things. Because of their laziness, things are destroyed. Things go down. Look at his field. Look at his vineyard. Look at the walls. Imagine what his house looks like. Do you see that Proverbs does not paint a very pretty picture when it comes to the lazy person? But it does provide counsel. See, Proverbs didn't just say, well, this man's lazy. No, it cries out to the lazy person, wake up, get up, quit sleeping, get to work. And it brings wisdom to the lazy man. In fact, here's what Proverbs says to the lazy person. Learn from the ants. You see my ant up there and he's got a heavy burden. Listen to what the Bible says. I want to read to you from the New Living Translation, Proverbs 6, 6 through 11. Proverbs 6, 6 through 11. Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become wise. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer gathering food for the winter. But you, lazy bones, how long will you sleep? When will you wake up? A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Then poverty will pounce you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. Go watch the ants a while. See how they work, see how they labor, and then get to work. Now, how many here today would say, after reading about the lazy person, I want to be like that. I want to be known as a sluggard. I want to be a slothful person. I want to be a lazy. Well, if you do, you wouldn't put your hand up because you can't put your hand in the bowl. Bring it to your mouth. You won't put it up. No, we don't want to be like this lazy person. What a sad life. What a sad testimony. So here's what I want to do. Let's leave the lazy man sleeping over here and let's move on and spend a few moments with the diligent man. Now, the diligent man, diligent means hardworking, industrious. That's the kind of person we want to be, right? And as we view this type of person in Proverbs, we're reminded of something very important. Something you dare not miss. And it's simply this, beloved. Hard work pays off. Hard work pays off. And we find that outlined here in the book of Proverbs. Let me give you a lot of verses real quick. You jot down the reference and follow along if you would, please. Proverbs 10, 4 and 5. He who has a slack hand becomes poor. But the hand of the diligent, the hardworking person, makes rich. He who gathers in summer is a wise son, just like the ants do. He who sleeps in the harvest is a son who causes shame. Proverbs twelve eleven. He who tills his land will be satisfied with bread. But he who follows uh, frivolity is devoid of understanding. And so you have there uh, being satisfied because you're out tilling the ground. It's not too cold for you. You put a coat on and go till the ground. Proverbs 13, 4. The soul of the lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent, the hardworking person shall be made rich. Proverbs 13, 11. Wealth gained by dishonesty will be diminished, 
But he who gathers by labor will increase. So you're seeing a pattern. Notice Proverbs 21.5. The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty. You work hard. You keep working. You have plenty. But those of everyone who is hasty, surely to poverty. And then finally, Proverbs 22.29. Do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. In other words, hard work and diligence can lead to promotion. And so we find that hard work pays off. It pays off. And we should be hard workers. And so I want to challenge all of us today with three goals when it comes to our work. Three goals when it comes to... Now remember, your work might be at school. It might be doing your school work. It might be doing your chores at home. It might be doing uh, work in your retirement years. It might be going to an office. It might be laboring out in the field. Whatever it is you do, three goals from Proverbs for our work. Now, my work is different than your work. And your work is different from my work. So here are three goals from Proverbs. Are you ready for these? First of all, work hard. <laughs> Just work hard. Instead of sleeping too much, now make sure you sleep and sleep enough. But instead of sleeping too much, get up and go to work. Proverbs twenty thirteen. Do not love sleep, lest you come to poverty. Open your eyes and you'll be satisfied with bread. I mean, that's just plain good sense, isn't it? Get up and get to work. Work hard. Uh, use your body. Use your hands to labor. Look at Proverbs twelve fourteen in the Holman Christian. A man will be satisfied with good by the words of his mouth. And the work of a man's hands will reward him. Use your body, whether you're using your hands, manual labor, your, your mind and, and, and knowledge work, whatever it is you're doing, use the faculties that God has given you and use them to work hard. To work hard. Work hard to provide for your own personal needs and the needs of your family. Look at Proverbs twenty-eight nineteen: He who tills his land will have plenty of bread. But he who follows frivolity will, will have poverty enough. And so you have this idea here that you work, of course, to provide not only your personal needs, but also the needs of your family. The Bible says elsewhere, what? If a man will not work, neither shall he eat. And so as we're able to work, we want to do this. And realize, beloved, that often when you talk about hard work, you know one thing about hard work is? It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. Uh, take a look at that picture. Does that take anybody back? Maybe you think about Grandpa. Maybe you were out there behind him. Others are younger ones saying, what is that? Uh, let me read a verse to you looking at that plow there. Listen to this verse in Proverbs 14.4. New Living Translations, Proverbs 14.4. Without oxen, a stable stays clean. But you need a strong ox for a large harvest. In other words, sometimes the work is going to be dirty. You need an ox to do the work. But when you have an ox, you have a pile of manure to deal with. And what that verse says is basically the idea is don't curse the manure and forget about the blessing of the ox. It says without oxen, a stable stays clean. You can have a clean stable because you don't have an ox, but you can't do the work. That you can do with an ox. So when you've got an ox in the stable, you've got a pile of manure in the stable. So don't curse the manure and forget the blessing of the ox. Today, I would say it like this. Don't, it might be a tractor. 
And so don't curse the tractor and forget about the blessing of the tractor. Or for some of us, don't curse the computer and forget about the blessing of the work you can do and so forth and so on. And so hard work is hard (laughs) as you've got to make up your mind that you've been blessed with work. And so you're going to work hard, maybe not that hard, but hard. So work hard. We got that one. But don't miss this one. Because this is the wisdom book, right? Don't just work hard, work smart. Work smart. Does the book of Proverbs say about working smart? Yes, it does. First of all, it tells us to take care of our animals. Look at Proverbs 12.10. The godly care for their animals, but the wicked are always cruel. You say, well, what does that mean? I don't have any animals. Well, listen. Back in that day, they used the oxen and all these things. Today, we might use equipment. We might have employees. The idea is this, take care of your animals, take care of your equipment, take care of your employees, take care of your co-workers, take care of the stuff you need to do your work. Work smart, Proverbs 12.10. Not only working smart and taking care of the stuff and your equipment employees, but also plan your work and work your plan. In other words, prioritize. Did you know that Proverbs teaches that? Look at it, look at Proverbs 24.27. Do your planning and prepare your fields before building your house. You see priority there. Prioritizing what you're going to do when and planning. What am I going to do? And so we find here, work smart. And then keep track of your work and keep the future in mind. Keep track of your work and keep the future in mind. We find that in Proverbs 27. Look at what it says in Proverbs 27, 23 through 27. Know the state of your flocks. Put your heart into caring for your herds. Know your work. If you're a farmer, know your field. If, you're, uh, uh, if you've got livestock, know your, your herds and your flocks. Remember the future, for riches don't last forever. And the crown might not be passed to the next generation. After the hay is harvested and the new crop appears and the mountain grasses are gathered in, your sheep will provide wool for clothing. You're keeping the future in mind. Why am I doing this? Why am I working so hard? Well, I'm I'm remembering the future. Your sheep will provide wool for clothing. Your goats will provide the price of a field. And you'll have enough goat's milk for yourself. And who doesn't want a big old glass of goat's milk? Mm -mm. Uh, Your family and your servant girls. And so you want to work hard and you want to work smart. Right? But there's one more. Now, this is all coming from Proverbs. Did you, you see how practical this is? This is wisdom for daily living. This impacts you tomorrow. Monday morning, book of Proverbs right there. This is how to do it. Work hard, work smart, but there's one more. And don't miss this one. And it's simply this work for the Lord. I, I say the most important for last. In fact, I was so interested during our revival. The one night, the revival, one of our revival speakers, he said, open your book, your Bible to Proverbs. And I didn't tell him we were studying Proverbs, but I didn't tell him to preach anything. I tell him to pray and seek the Lord. And he came and he opened the Proverbs. And you know what my first thought was? I hope he didn't preach my message. I was getting ready to preach Sunday. (laughs) Just being honest. But he turned to this verse and it goes right along what we're talking about today. Proverbs 16, 3. This is where he started. Commit your works to the Lord. And your thoughts will be. Established, Beloved, commit not only your life, but your works and your work to the Lord. Our labor is ultimately for Jesus Christ. 
Our work is to be done for His glory. I don't care if you're plowing a field. I don't care if you're teaching a class full of kids. I don't care if you're doing your homework. Whatever it is, you're to do it for the Lord. Our labor is for Him. I want you to understand that don't ever forget this. God cares about your work. He cares about your work. You say, well, God only cares about souls. No, He cares about your work. Look how much wisdom He's already laid out for you in His book here. He cares about your work. When you're struggling in your work, tell Him. When you need wisdom, ask Him. When you're doing well in your work, praise Him. But all in all, keep your focus and your work on Him. Realize that you're doing your work, whatever it is, whether it's farming, selling, teaching, fixing, studying, whatever. Realize that you're doing your work. God is busy doing His work. He's doing His work in you. And he's doing his work through you. Isn't that awesome that we can partner with God like that? As we're busy working for him, he's working in us and he's working through us. And God wants us to work hard. He wants us to work smart and he wants us to work for him. He wants us to be diligent, not lazy. Well, we're about done. One of my heroes of the faith is a man by the name of D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody. And D.L. Moody once said these words. God has often called men to places of dignity and honor. When they've been busy and honest in employment of their vocation. Saul was seeking his father's donkeys and David, his father's sheep, when called to the kingdom. The shepherds were feeding their flocks when they had their glorious revelation. God called four apostles from their fishing and Matthew from collecting taxes. Amos from the horsemen of Tekoa. Moses from keeping Jethro's sheep. Gideon from the threshing floor and Elisha from plows. But he said this, God never called a lazy man. God never called a lazy man. God never encourages idleness and will not despise persons in the lowest employment. As you think about scripture, who does God often use the greatest? Who does he call? He calls those that are busy laboring and he calls them to continue laboring for him. What's he say? What did he say? Follow me and I will make you fishers. Of men. God cares about your work. So whatever it is, whatever your work is, whatever it is. Now that we've got a plethora of different kinds of work here. Whatever you do, provided, let me put this caveat here, provided it's not immoral, illegal, or unethical. <laughs> whatever it is you do outside of those things, work hard, work smart, and ultimately work for the Lord. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for such practical instruction today. Thank you for caring about our work. Lord, you created us to work. Lord, ultimately to work for you in your honor and your glory. So, Lord, I pray your blessings upon the work of these men and women and boys and girls and teenagers and whatever it is that they have to do. As they put their hand to it, Lord, would you prosper it and bless it? Would you help all of us, Father, to work hard for your glory, Lord, to work smart using your wisdom and ultimately to work with you in focus and in mind. Father, I thank you for the work that you've done, the work that you're doing and the work you're going to do. We know that Jesus is even working right now. The Bible says he's praying for us and he's preparing a place for us and he's coming again for us. And so, Father, I pray that you would help us to be Christ-like on the job site, in the schoolhouse, in the neighborhood, wherever we are, 
whatever we're doing, may we shine brightly for the honor and glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask your blessing upon the work you've given to us.